Hello and welcome to the One Hope Podcast, where faith and life connect. A podcast done by One Hope Church in Gig Harbor, Washington. Enjoy! Have you ever had somebody dangerous and um, persistent in your life who refused to take no for an answer? They try to persuade you to do something stupid once, twice, three times, and they clearly strike out, swing and a miss, but they, they refuse to give up. Well, it, it turns out that Jesus did too, and uh, that dangerous somebody was Satan. Over the years, I've read the account of Jesus's temptation in the desert more times than I can count, but I was really struck this week in my reading by Satan's persistence. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the One Hope Church Lenten Season Podcast 2023. My name is Matt, and today we are on day three. Still still early in the journey, and I have the assignment of um, unpacking two very rich chapters, Luke 3 and 4. There are 82 verses and tons of material in these two chapters. So, I struggled for a while to focus on one scene for this podcast episode. But I kept coming back to the testing of Jesus in the wilderness. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Especially that nagging verse 13. I'll tell you why that verse nags at me in a minute. Um, but let me just say, I'm not sure why this, this whole wilderness passage jumped out at me. Maybe because um, it's, this, it's about a 40-day retreat, Jesus' 40-day retreat in the wilderness. And we're, here we are in the midst uh, or at the beginning of a 40-day podcast series. Maybe uh, it's because I recently finished reading a novel called Quarantine about Jesus' 40, 40 days in the wilderness. Um, Actually, Jesus is a minor character in that, in that story, in that book. The main characters are seven other people who are also praying and fasting in the desert. And the story revolves around how they are um, trying to figure out Jesus, who he is. They try to get his attention, and they try to exploit him, really, for their own purposes. It's an interesting book. Not sure I can recommend it. I I definitely wouldn't categorize it as Christian fiction. But, but the novel really does highlight the humanity of Jesus. The grinding physical toll and the intense hunger and thirst that he must have felt. Well, today's passage in Luke doesn't have that level of detail about Jesus's physical torments but it sure does give us some fascinating dialogue between Jesus and Satan through all three temptations. Turn this stone into bread, fall down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Throw throw yourself down from this high point and let the angels save you. In each case, Jesus rebukes Satan and then he ends with this mic drop. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Boom. There's there's really nothing more to be said, right? 
Ah, but then comes that nagging verse, verse 13. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him, he left Jesus until an opportune time. Say what? You, you have just been absolutely crushed, humbled, put in your place by the Son of God. And you're going to come back for more at an opportune time. Well, really, it is kind of scary to think about Satan not taking no for an answer. Because if he's coming back for seconds with the almighty Son of God, just imagine all the opportunities he has with you and me. So what can we do about it? Well, let's, let's touch quickly on, on a few application points. First, we can treat Satan as an enemy in wartime and, and use the word of God like a sword. That's what Jesus did. Look at each of his responses to Satan in Luke 4. They are all scriptures from the Old Testament. Because Jesus he knew his Bible. When, when Satan snapped back with his own quote from a psalm, Jesus had the perfect verse to counter him from Deuteronomy. He knew that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, as it says in Hebrews. And it's there for us to grab hold of as well. Just, just make sure you grab the hilt. Don't grab the, uh, don't grab the blade. Uh, second point, we can watch and pray. That's what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? And, and, it's, and it's what he counseled his disciples to do with him. We also gain strength doing this with other followers of Christ. I think it was a teaching moment that, that Jesus wanted Peter, James, and John by his side in the garden to watch and pray, uh, imperfect and sleepy-headed though they were. Third point is, is that we don't need to feel ashamed by temptation. I like what C.S. Lewis says in Mere Christianity. He says, a silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. After all, you find out the strength of the German army by fighting against it, not by giving in. You find out the strength of a wind by trying to walk against it, not by lying down. So one final word on temptation as I wrap this up uh, about, about different types of temptation. We may be enticed to break commandments, commit sins, stray from the moral path. But if you ask me, Satan, he does his most dangerous work when he tries to persuade us that we are less than who we are, less than what, what God designed us to be. Satan wants us to feel unforgiven and unredeemable. He wants us to feel that our prayers aren't worthy of God's attention compared to what, to what other people are going through. Well, some of you may know, I've been, I've been going through some health struggles um, for the last few months, not exactly sure what's going on, seeing different doctors, feeling worn down. Satan can use that as an opening, just as he tried to use Jesus's 40 days of fasting and, and physical exhaustion as an opening. Satan wants to infect us with self-doubt. 
Notice how he opens two of his three temptations. If you are the Christ, do this. If you are the Christ, do that. But Jesus doesn't fall for the trap. He knows exactly who he is and what he's going to do. And I think that the timing of the 40 days in the desert and how it falls immediately after the baptism of Jesus is not a coincidence. Jesus meets Satan head on with the words of God the Father still ringing in his ears. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Those words are for us too, friends. Whenever we're feeling worn down and vulnerable to the enemy, remember that God is for us, not against us. We are his children. He loves us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thanks for walking with us uh, into another season of Lent alongside other followers of Christ. We know, we know the devil is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour, like it says in 1 Peter. Lord, give us, um, give us an extra measure of strength to resist when we are worn down. You are a good, good God. You left the 99 to find that one lost sheep. We praise you that you are more persistent than the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen.